Turn with me over to 2 Timothy, chapter 2, and I'm going to read to you out of the, um, the modern English version. You know, sometimes I like different versions just because of how they word things, but, you know, before I read, I do, I do want to, we're going to be talking about being battle ready, and this is going to be a two-part series because pastors are going to be on vacation for two weeks, and we're, we're, we're excited to let them have some time off. How many of you know Pastor Hank has been working hard? Pastor Brenda's been working hard to put out, you know, some, uh, some, the meat of the word of, the, uh, of God, not just to us, but all over the nation, and so we're so grateful for that, and, you know, it's, it's interesting how sometimes we get feedback oh you guys are you know Christian nationalists you're this thing that thing and I'm like what, whatever I'm just we're just about Jesus and if we don't say it who else is gonna say it so there's that you know um and uh, I said it in the first service, the church is the stabilizing force in the earth. And so we need to be able to ride up, rise up to our position. And the walk of Christianity is always going to be uh, considered a battle. You know, and uh, I asked the first service, how many of you, when you, if you grew up in church, now if you didn't, it's okay. Uh, but the, you sang the song in, in uh, Sunday school that says, um, that goes, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. How many of you remember that? Some of you were singing it out there. I heard you. Yes. And so we used to sing that. It's like one of my favorite songs when, you know, I was a little girl. You know, I, I love that one. And of course, we had all the actions where, you know, we did the flyer of the enemy, you know. Um, and, oh, I forgot. And there's the yes, sir. Uh, and then we would do the salute. Um, but you know, the, the, the Christian life, there is battle that comes with it. Now, here's the thing that doesn't mean that you're not going to have favor. Or you're not going to have a blessed life, but it does mean that when, when, when we are part of the body of Christ, we are going to be battling darkness until the return of Jesus. Amen. And, and when, uh, and, and if we do want to have peace in our lives, which Paul said we should pray, be that, you know, that we should pray for that. But if we do want that, then we have to keep the wicked agenda uh, uh, on hold, or we have to be able to push that back, or there never, there never will be any peace in what we're doing, because, because here's the thing. The devil doesn't just stop it just enough. How many of you remember when they were saying that homosexual, homosexual marriage is going to be a thing, and, you know, and we need to live and just let live? Because if they're not bothering you, then, you know, then, then you should just, you know, shut up and move on, right? Which to that I said, yeah, but, you know, here's the problem. How much is too far? So if it's okay for a, a man to be with a man and a woman to be with a woman, what happens when you come after my children? See, then, then Mama Bear gets a little bit upset, <laughs> You know, uh, because, because the, in, the, in the life or in, in, in perversion, enough is never enough and, and there's, never, there's never satisfaction, right? So it's our job to stand up and say, no, th this is not okay. The Bible says marriage is between one man and one woman. That in the image of God, we were created male and female. There is only male. There is only female. My ch children didn't get to come out of the womb and say, you know what I think I want to be is. They were chosen by God to be what they are for the purpose that they carry and hold on their life. Amen. 
All right, so let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, and it says, Endure hard times as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That means don't complain about it. Endure it. No soldier on active duty entangles himself in the, civ the civilian affairs of this life that he may please the enlisting officer. Now, who's the enlisting officer? Jesus. And the civilian affairs of this life, I mean, we, we get so caught up in everything that's going on in the earth that we forget to be caught up in Jesus, that we forget to be caught up in the kingdom of heaven. And we have to be caught up in, in, in the kingdom of heaven in order to be effective on this earth. Amen. So that's easy. It's not hard. Uh, we, we just, we just have to decide that there, there are this, what that means in, in the simplest term is that the things of the kingdom are more important than the things of this life. So that means if Johnny has soccer on Sunday, every Sunday, and it's taking you out of church, is that kingdom or is that the civilian affairs of this life? Soccer won't build you up. It's not that you can't do those things, but see, we, we have to make the things of the kingdom a priority first. Amen. All right, so turn over to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. And we're going to be going back and forth into the book of Ephesians. Um, now I'm going to read this out of the King James um, and you can follow along with whatever version of the Bible that you have. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Now, what it means by being strong in the Lord is, is God isn't asking us to stand up against culture. He's not asking us to stand up and fight in our own strength. He's saying, be strong in me, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, there's nothing we can do to change everything in the power of our own might. And it says, put on the whole armor of God, not just part of it. See, it's not okay to just put on one piece and think that we're protected. We have to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Now, let's, let's talk about what that word wiles means. And, you know, it doesn't, when, when the devil comes to get you off course or he comes to it he doesn't just come and say here I am here's a piece of sin do you want to sin today you know you know do you do you want to do you want to have an affair today doesn't that sound like a great idea that's not how it works it starts with a little seed of offense right you get mad at your spouse when they're not listening to me and i can't talk to them and and so you know i just you know i'm gonna uh i got i'm talking to this person over here and they're they're much kinder they're more much more understanding than my spouse is i mean you know and that's how that's how an affair begins right and pretty soon somebody left off their covenant of marriage because they they they, they just started you know kind of hooking into listening to something else, you know? And let me say something, married folk, sometimes you may not communicate real well. You keep working at the communication. You don't run off. And you know what? Let me say this. It's not even okay to go and talk to your marriage about, uh, or about your marriage to somebody that's your, your buddy or your pal, 
you know, your, you know, ladies or, or wives to go talk to your girlfriend about how, how much of a jerk your husband is or men, how much of a, a, a lazy bum your wife is, you know, you start doing that. You're, you're You're asking for trouble. You know, here's the thing. Uh, have you ever been a lazy bum in the kingdom of God? And, and, and Jesus didn't go kick you out and, and he didn't go tell somebody else about it and said, Hey, by the way, you know, that sister, man, she just never serves me, never shows up to church and I can't get her to do anything. Can't get her to pray. Can't get her oh, to crack open her Bible. I mean, if Jesus isn't doing that as the Lord of the church, we shouldn't be doing that to our husbands, right? Or our wives, right? All right. Anyway, I don't know why I said that it comes out different every single service. So it's, I, I don't know. Um, you just, you feel the unction and then you just let it go. Um, but here's the thing. So the devil comes, you know, the Bible, you know, is there to keep us from getting deceived, but the devil doesn't just come and say, here I am. How about let's just go out and, you know, let's, let's rob a bank today. Well, you know. And then you're like, oh yeah, I just, I woke up today and a man, I just had bank robbing on my mind. I'm going to, I'm going to go do that. (laughs) You know, no, really what happened is, see, this is why you got to stay in the kingdom of God. You don't need to rob a bank when you're, when you're provided for. (laughs) People wanting to rob and steal is because there's not provision in their household. That's why you, you, we, we can't be entangled in the affairs of this life. We have to look at the one that, that, that gave us our provision. Amen? All right. So, and, and then the other thing is, is just when we say that it's a battle, because some people are like, well, I want to live the blessed life. I don't want to be fighting all the time. I don't want to be in a war all the time. Here's the thing. No matter what. There, you, you will not live 100% of your life with no, no struggle, no trial, no time to ever exercise your faith. You're going to have those even if you live in the best neighborhood with the best car with all of your food provided for and a good paycheck coming in the door. There's going to be times that you're going to have trials and tribulations. But Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Amen. You know, and, 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 and he, the, 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 sometimes we need to be more concerned about what's going on in God's kingdom than we need to be listening to everything that's going on around us. All right. Now turn in your Bible over to Psalm chapter three. It says, Lord... How are they increased that trouble me? And many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. How many of you feel like what we're dealing with right now, they think there is no help for us in God? But see... They don't know the God that I serve. Right after that, it says, pause and consider. And I want to say to all those in the world that think that God isn't working on behalf of the church or he's not working in our nation, pause and consider because you don't know how powerful he is and you don't know how, how suddenly he begins to move. And sometimes what we thought was suddenly was because he was working in the background the whole time and he's getting ready to undo the whole thing and say, hey, watch me work. And then it says, 
But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. So even though they're, they're out there saying, see, there's no help for the church. You can't stop abortion. You can't stop the homosexual agenda. You can't stop the evil agenda. And, and, and we're coming, you know, listen, COVID wasn't just about them trying to get us sick and in fear. It was about trying to get the church to sit down and shut up. It really was. Matter of fact, it's documented. You could, you can go out and find it. There was a, a, uh, from the, the former Democratic president before the, the, the fake one that's in the office right now. One of, his, one of his guys was going around to some major churches and saying, hey, we want to talk to your congregation about what would Jesus do with COVID in the church? Jesus wouldn't go to church. Uh-huh. Well, again... That's why you got to get back to the book because the Bible says that Jesus's custom was to go to church. And I didn't see Jesus wearing any mask when the leper came up to him. Just saying. Anyway, I have lots of side notes in my preaching. I don't know how to do it any different. So you get what you get. All right. But thou, Lord, art a shield for me. You're my glory and the lifter up of my head. And then he turns around and he says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. Now, here's the thing. We need to use our voices to cry out to God for mercy upon our nation, for righteousness to be poured out on our nation. We've got to use our voice for that. But it says he heard me out of his holy hill. How do you know God hears you? Because he said he would. See, he's faithful. He said he would. Just because it doesn't feel like he heard you doesn't mean he didn't hear you and doesn't mean that he's already not working. How many of you think that when, when Daniel was praying uh, for 21 days that, it felt, that he felt like God heard him on day one or that it felt like that he heard him on, on, on day two? But 21 days, that thing was being wrestled for. You know, just, and, and, and that's the thing, right? See, the church gets in a lot, lot of trouble. You lose your battle right away when you, when, when you start doing everything based on how it feels. Because it never was about a feeling. It was about standing upon what the word of God says, right? All right, so then he says, I laid me down and I slept and I awaked for the Lord sustained me. See, sometimes, even in the midst of it all, you have to lay down and sleep and believe that the outcome is working out. I remember, Marquise, when, when you, we first got the news that you went into the, into the, to the, the brain bleeding and the, all of the issues, and it looked like, guys, it looked like he was not going to make it. Did it not, Brittany? That's what they were saying. And we were getting ready to start opening the heavens. And I remember just in myself going, oh, Father. Oh, Father. And I began to pray in the spirit, you know, because we, we, we weren't, you know, we couldn't be there. And we began to pray in the Holy Ghost in our home. And I heard the spirit of God say, I lay me down and I slept and I awake for the Lord to stay me. He said, Marquise will be alive tomorrow morning. So I said, okay, God, okay, God, we're, I'm going, we're going on that word. And he's still here walking out that, that, that amazing testimony. 
But if we would have went by what it looked like, it would have messed up our faith. Right? So we, you, you can't look at that. Sometimes you've got to go, God, I'm just going to stand here and believe because you said it. Because you said it. And I, I don't know what else to do, so I'm just going to stand here because you said it. And then it says, I will not be afraid of 10,000 people that have set themselves against me round about. And it says, um, arise, O Lord, and save me. Oh my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheek and thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord and thy blessing is upon the people. Here's the thing. It may feel like you have 10,000 people that are standing against you. It may feel like you're the voice of the minority, although you're really not. You know, it just, you know, the, 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 the. Mainstream media wants to make it sound like the church is outmoded, that the church is, you know, d- uh, doing something, you know, that, that is, uh, uh, that goes against the majority, the majority of the people. But I'm going to tell you right now, we are in the majority. First of all, we're in the majority because of the one that, who is on our side. And I said this in the first service, we don't serve, you know, just the Lord. We serve the Lord of hosts. So he's got enough to keep us covered. He's got enough to keep us protected. He's got enough to keep us walking through. So just because the enemy makes it feel like you got a multitude against you, you need to look at who is in the army of heaven, who is in the body of Christ. Amen. And then, you know, I loved this part because I, I mean, I, I hadn't really thought of it, but it says thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly or you've broken the teeth of the wicked. Now, how many of you know that in the last several years, the wicked agenda has tried to sink its teeth into the body of Christ? It's tried to sink its teeth in, in us by, by believing uh, 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 in, a, in a plague that was, in my, my view, was man-made. You can't, you're not going to convince me otherwise. That we were supposed to fear a plague. That we were not loving and kind if we, if we, if we stood up and, and, and stood for morality over immorality. Um, that, you know, they've been coming after our children in the school systems. You know, I have been shocked. I've said this before, but, you know, even before some of this, you know, started in, here in, in Nebraska, my youngest daughter came home and said, you know, from one of her classes that the teacher said, Zeus is our God in Nebraska. I'm like, what? And, you know, and she goes, well, mom, I didn't know what to do. So I just sat there and, and I was quiet and I said, well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. But see, here's the thing. They're, they're after our kids now. Because they're not looking. See, here, here's the problem that we, we have to see the, the end from the beginning. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in the battle that we're facing and what's going on for us that we are, we're forgetting that we're fighting a battle that is much bigger than us and we have to be fighting for the next generation. But I believe... That God is getting ready to, with the cancel culture, you know, they've tried to take our livelihoods. They've tried, they, they've tried to take our security. They've tried to take our children. They've tried to take everything that we've, we've held dear. And I believe that God is getting ready to stand up and sh- shatter the teeth of the enemy. 
Amen. Amen. All right, so let's move on because I'm going to get you out of here at a good time because we got a meeting uh, for, for our kiddos um, that I need to get down to. But so here's, here's, here's the other thing that we, we need to think about too. You know, we have to understand who our enemy is. And here's the thing. The devil is never going to play fair. You know, the devil has no problem waiting and waiting and waiting to ensnare you. You know, in, in one thing, it's, and I think, is it, is it in Psalm 91 where it says that, you know, I, that I'm delivered from the snare of the fowler? You know what the fowler is? It's a hunter. A hunter waits in lie for its prey. It waits. It's going to wait. It's going to set up the perfect opportunity to capture its prey. And that's what the devil is doing to us. So we've got to understand who we're battling. So turn back over to Ephesians chapter 6. And understand there are battles that are on many levels, not just one level. You know, so the battle that you're, you're facing might be different than what your neighbor is facing or, or somebody else in this room. But, you know, there are, there are specific fights that, uh, that we have to fight. But Paul is indicating that we're not fighting a physical battle. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood... Now, it may manifest in the physical like when you're dealing with sickness or disease, but we're not, you know, we're not talking that we're pulling out the, you know, I'm backing my tank out of my, out of my garage and, you know, we're going to go meet on the, we're not talking about that kind of, that kind of battle, right? Everybody got that. I don't want somebody to come and say, oh, she said, you know, we're going to war and what well, we are against the enemy, but it says, so we're not fighting a natural battle, but it says against principalities. Now that word principalities in the Greek, when I looked it up, says first magistrates from the beginning. So basically they're ancient spirits. We're fighting spirits that are Baal and Molech and, you know, Dagon. A lot of those spirits that were worshipped back in ancient times that, you know, do, do you know that Baal and Moloch, one of their, the ways to worship them was child sacrifice? So... You know, you wonder why abortion is such a, is such a battle right now because it's being driven by an ancient spirit. There, there are people from from the Church of Satan that that are standing up and saying, "No, we've got to keep abortion as a right because it's a religious right for us because it's a it's child sacrifice." See, here's the thing. The devil isn't even hiding behind anything right now. He's standing out in plain sight. And it is time for the church to stand up, rise up, and speak up. So that we can save the lives of the unborn. There should be no question in the mind of a Christian whether or not abortion is ever right. Because when a human spirit is created, it's a human. And, you know, I have a problem with the fact that if I, and I never would because I'm an animal lover, but if I went out and drowned a bunch of puppies in the river because I couldn't take care of the puppies, I'd go to jail. But I can kill a baby because I can't take care of it and walk free. See, we have devalued or let the enemy devalue what uh, the, 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 uh, the, the creation of Almighty God. You know, we were created in the image of God. So we, we've let the enemy devalue that. So then it says, so those ancient spirits, then it says against powers. So these are demons that have influence. You know, listen, sometimes demons are trying to come in and influence your life. 
They also have authority, but, t- but typically the, that authority has got to come from us. But those are, those are sometimes the, other, the, the lower level demons. They're, they're, they're just coming to try to get us off course so we're not worried about the bigger ones, right? And then it says um, against rulers of darkness. So that one is the devil and his demons, a world ruler that is an, uh, an epithet or another name basically for Satan. That's what rulers of darkness is. So realize in this nation, we are battling against the devil himself because he wants to be exalted in our nation. You know, I was watching um, some of the protests at the Supreme Court and there were some, some Christian people out there holding signs for the right to life and uh, they were being, um, being mocked by uh, some Satan worshipers, which I can't say what they said because I just don't speak that way, you know? I don't say those words. Why? Because they're, they're, because they're just, why? You know, they're just, they're just, just ugly words. But they said, hail something Satan. Hail something Satan. And they were saying it with all the boldness that was in their hearts or in their minds to try to, to, to uh, get the other, get the Christian people to back off what they were doing. Here's the thing. The devil is not hiding in plain sight. And he is getting people to absolutely do his evil work. All right. So then the next one, and I found this one interesting. Now, remember, you know, and and realize that the devil manifests through human flesh. So when it's saying that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, that doesn't mean that people are not instruments of the enemy. And that doesn't mean that you have to sit down and go, oh, well, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. So God bless you. No, remember what Jesus said to, uh, to, to, to uh, Peter uh, when he came and he, and, and he was being used by, by Satan to, to, uh, to say the opposite of what Jesus said. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Hurt poor people, Peter's feelings, I'm sure. But he didn't care. You know what? That, 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 that probably, I, I'm pretty sure Peter never forgot that moment. It's like, you just called me the devil. You know, and, and, part, and let me say also, I, I, I talked a little bit about this in the first service. I am so tired of Jesus being misrepresented as some little pansy guy that, that came into the earth that was just going around and just loving everybody and he never was rejected by everybody. Everybody loved him. They did not love him. They wanted what he had. But here's the thing. How many people showed up to say, hey, don't crucify Jesus? They wanted what he had. That was fine. But they, did, they, didn't, they didn't really want to, to follow after because Jesus was a little bit too hard. Jesus probably would have had mean tweets too. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying Donald Trump is anywhere near Jesus. I'm not saying that at all. But when you look at somebody's agenda, see, and that's, that's the thing that, that floors me. See, for me, it's not even about what party I'm a part of. It's about what are you for? If you support abortion and you support same-sex marriage, I cannot vote for you. Oh, but you know, I just, I don't like their personality. Well, they're not coming to dinner, sweetheart. 
Nobody said you had to be besties. Okay. I'm pretty sure, you know, think about it this way. The Bible says when, when King Cyrus came on the scene, I'm sure he had some detractors too. Because you know what? He wasn't a godly king. But he did godly things. And God will take anybody and use them. Listen, if he could use a donkey for Balaam, he can pretty much take anybody he wants. And I'm, and, and I'm not calling President Trump a donkey either. No, because I really do respect that man. I really do. But I'm saying if, 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 if it's all about a personality context, see, the church, we've got to grow up. Oh, well, you know, he wasn't loving. Well, I'm sorry. You know, can I be, can I be really honest? One of the problems that we have in the body of Christ is we're going around trying to be so loving that we forgot to even stand up and say, hey, this is wrong. And I I believe God, and and there's a whole bunch of Republicans out there doing the same thing. Listen, I don't know what you're paying attention to, but the demon rats that are, that are in office, they're, they're not playing by any set of rules. They're doing whatever they can, however they can, whenever they want to. And they just expect all of us to turn around and say, oh, God bless you. I don't think so. All right. I'm, I'm. I got to preach my message. All right. So it says, although this is part of it, I suppose, spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you know that that's human spirits that are controlled by demons? So it's been people that have given themselves over to demonic influence and let themselves be controlled by a demonic agenda and they're okay with it. That's part of what we are wrestling in this day and age. And here's the thing. Do you know God gives people over to a reprobate mind? Well, you know, but Pastor Christie, we're supposed to pray for, pray for people that are in places of authority, not when they stole it. Amen. Authority has to be legitimate. Amen. Illegitimate authority is not legitimate. So you don't come in and steal something and say, okay, now I'm the new sheriff in town. Okay. So, let's go over to uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And, and see, when, when people have given themselves over to a demonic influence like that, we have, we have absolutely got to stand up and be a voice to cast them out. Again, like I said, you know, I, I, you have to say it over and over because you can get misrepresented. I'm not saying, you know, we're, 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 we're you know, uh, out there in a natural battle, but we are fighting against some people that are natural people because they are representing a demonic agenda. So, Romans 1, verse 28 You guys have it up there? Okay, I'm going to read it from there. And it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to those things which are not convenient, but being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things and disobedient to parents. God said that, that he gave them over. Well, and let's go on. It says, and who knew the righteousness requirement of God. Now, and I'm going back to the MEV here, but 
And those who commit such things are worthy of death. So they know the consequence of what they're turning themselves over to. And it says they, they not only do them, but they give hearty approval to those who practice them. So think about that for a minute. That's being given over to a reprobate mind. Now, I want to play that video that I played in first service. Now, this is, this is what happened when, uh, and this, this will just go to show you what we are wrestling against because you see an absolute manifestation of a demon in the video that I'm going to show you uh, when Donald Trump was announced as the 45th president. And see, that should be enough to wake the church up that we're not battling against flesh and blood. So go ahead and play that. Donald J. Trump is now President of the United States. And, and you know, I, I believe that that, that that happened because there, there was an absolute demon crying out because that wasn't on plan. Because, you know, one thing I will say is I've never seen anybody quite like him. I mean, talk about not going along with anything. He just did his own thing, and nobody was going to tell him different. You know, and, 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 and that's why I believe God seated him in a place of authority because he wasn't going to keep bending to that. Amen. And, you know, if you th- and, and, and I, I saw a meme on Facebook the other day that said, some Christians would have said, uh, you know, in the day of David and Goliath, current Christians would have said, we need to pray for Goliath. Well, see, da- you know what David said when, when, when Goliath, he didn't, he didn't come say, oh, you poor deceived soul. It was like, who is this uncircumcised Phil- Philistine coming against the army of the living God? And we, we need to have the same thing. How dare you try to shut our mouths? How dare you try to bring sickness on us? How dare you try to influence our children? How dare you try to bring immorality? How dare you come and try to hunt down my kids and change them into something else? How dare you? See, when the church has that kind of attitude and we take what to take that attitude out to our places of influence. Amen. You know, I'm not saying you have to walk into your job and be ugly. No. But, you know, you do need to walk into your job and, and, and be an absolute voice Amen. and pray that God gives you a, 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 the, the utterance and the, the opportunity. You know, if you ask, God gives you the opportunity. Sometimes it's not going to feel so great when, when you first step into the opportunity. But when, if you ask for it, God's going to provide it. And you never know when you're sowing something into the life of somebody that's, that's going to produce a seed that's going to grow up and that's going to change the, the very course of their life. You know? And we've been duped for, by people telling us that love says nothing. No, love absolutely speaks up. See, I'm going to tell my kids to absolutely not put their hand on the burner on the stove that, or, uh, that, that I just used because I love them. I don't want them to get hurt. You know, 
But we're, we're letting an agenda of do what you feel, how you feel, when you feel, because whatever feels right, just do it. And, and, and people are receiving, you know, damnation into themselves. You know, the reason that, that homosexuals, that the suicide rate is higher is not because people don't accept them. Do you know you were given a set of hormones in your body that were designed to work either male or female? So when you start fighting against that, then guess what? You're not going to be happy because your hormones play a big part of, of your emotions. They influence your emotions. Every husband said, yeah, you should see my wife. And, but they do. And you start messing with those and how they were designed to work. Guess what? You're not going to be happy. That's why there's so much depression. It has nothing to do with acceptance. There's plenty of people that will love on somebody that, that is dealing with issues of gender dysphoria. There's plenty of people for that. The issue is, is because they took the natural use of the body and changed it into something else. And therefore, you know, the, 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 the creation of the body is fighting against what, what, what's, what's happening to it. All right. Now, turn back over to... Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to get ready to close with this one. We're going to get to the first part of the armor of God. I will preach the rest of that next week. Um, but it says in verse 13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Now, notice he said take up the whole armor again. That's the second time that he said it. He said it up there in verse uh, verse 12, 11, and then he also said it again in verse 13. So he's repeating that because he wants, uh, wants us to absolutely get a hold of the fact that we need the whole armor of God. And it says, um, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done all to stand. Then it says stand, and it says stand therefore having your waist girt about with truth. And so let's talk about what that means for just a minute. So when you have, so, so when, you, when you talk about girding your waist with truth, what that means is you're tying something onto yourself in such a way that it's not like you just put a bow on the present, you know, and it's meant for opening. In other words, you're wrapping that thing around yourself and you're tying it onto yourself in such a way that it cannot be easily removed. You have to intentionally remove something like that. It becomes a girdle. It becomes a, 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 a brace. It's, it, it's a thing of strength. So what's he saying? He said, I want you to tie truth onto yourself. What has been one of the biggest things that we have seen under attack in this day and age? It's truth. We have mis misinformation coming out on all sides. And you know, truth is, is not at the forefront. Do you even know that there are, uh, there are some, and I don't know if it's hit the Nebraska schools yet, but there, there are, they're making ways now that teachers can have conversations with young students or with students, and it does not have to be disclosed to the parents. See, they're coming after, they're coming after parental right. Because they know if they can't get it through the parent, then they're going to start with the kids. So you have to gird yourself with truth. 
And, and that truth, see, when you bind yourself in that way, it's going to be a support to you. Deuteronomy 11.8 says that, that you fix the word or the commandments of God on your heart and soul and you bind them upon your hands so that they are frontlets between your eyes. Now, what's a frontlet? That means that, that that's what you're looking at. It's what's before you all the time is truth. So you always keep the truth in front of you. That's, that, you know, that's really how we avoid deception is by c- continuing with the, the truth and always putting that before us. All right. Truth is simply truth. That's, that's, you know, there's, there's no other, there's no other grand definition, uh, but it's powerful. And, and here's the thing, but the, but truth has the ability to set people free. That's why we need to be able to speak it. That's why we've got to continue to speak it. John eight thirty two says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Okay. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to God except by me. John 3.21 says, but he that does truth comes to the light. Now you think about this. When you start doing truth and light, you know, don't think that you're going to automatically be popular because you're now Mr. and Mrs. Sunshine. You know, uh, sometimes, I, and, I, and I said this earlier, you know, <laughs> If you're sleeping alone in a dark room and somebody comes in and opens all the blinds and says, wake up, the sun is shining. How many of us wake up and go, "Woo!" <laughs> Usually the first initial response is I cover up my head with the covers or the pillow and I'm like, get it, get it, just, just don't talk to me. I'm not, I don't like to, to converse a lot. I, I like to converse with Jesus in the morning. That's it. Everybody else needs to wait. Because that's, that's, that's the only one that I like ha- having the conversation with. Me, Jesus, and coffee. And oh, by the way, I like to pray in the dark in the morning. I don't want to go sit out in the sun. And, you know, but Jesus is okay. He comes in and, and we, ha- we have a great time uh, in the dark together. I don't live in the dark, but in the morning I like the dark. Until I've had at least one cup of coffee. You know, I don't know. That's just me. Um, But here's the thing. If we're bound to truth, that's how we avoid being deceived. And and here's, here's reality. I said it earlier. You know, people have misrepresented who Jesus was. One of the worst things that probably misrepresented was was all the WWJD bracelets that we all wore growing up and wore earlier because oh what would Jesus do well Jesus wouldn't act like that oh Jesus Jesus would have been more loving than that now here's the thing I'm not saying Jesus wasn't loving because we certainly have some hypocritical people that keep a whole lot of people out of the body of Christ if, if we let them but Jesus also knew how to confront governments He confronted the church with the money changers. He told the woman that was caught in adultery to go and sin no more. Jesus was absolutely spoke truth and he he did it unapologetically. So the the thing is, is we we can't mistake who Jesus was. Jesus wasn't an ambi-pamby that came in and was like, oh, well, you know, I hope you like what I had to say. He was like, no, this 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 is the way of God. Walk in it. And he absolutely made some people mad when he did it. 
And, and so here, here's, here's the, what we're dealing with. Turn back over to Romans chapter 1 real quick. And I am going to read this one out of the, the modern English because I just like the way that it said it. And it says, um, you know, when, when you take the truth of God and turn it into a lie, that's how you end up with a reprobate mind. And it says in verse 24, Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their heart. You can go ahead and play. Uh, to dishonor their own bodies among themselves. They turned the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature. In other words, they served the creation, they served their own bodies, and all of those things rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to their dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged the natural function for what is against nature. Likewise, the men leaving the natural function of the woman burned in their lust toward one another. Oh boy. Now see, I, I'm, I'm just reading here. I'm not, I'm not, that's not my opinion. That's, I'm reading this out of the Bible. Men with men doing that which is shameful and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. Now, see, that is why we have absolutely got to be married to the truth that is in the Bible. Because when we're not married to the truth, you know, it, it, we, we can't sit there and say to somebody, oh, it's okay if you want to be a homosexual. Jesus, Jesus still accepts you. Surely, he still, surely you can still be saved. That's not what we're talking about. But it's not beneficial to your life. Jesus didn't die so that we could stay in bondage. Jesus came to set the captive free. Amen. So we have absolutely have to, we, we absolutely have to keep the truth. Because if we don't keep the truth, guess what? People that are caught up in bondage because we're too afraid to speak up because we might hurt their feelings or we might offend them, guess what? We're just giving them a free pass right into hell because we, 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 were, we were too embarrassed to say anything or we just, you know, we just want to be kind. Well, it's not kind to let, to let somebody run out in front of a semi. It's not kind. That's selfish. So how many of you, as you stand to your feet, I, I want to challenge you this week. Keep the truth of God before your eyes. Because the truth of God is really what will set people free. Amen. Well, I'm going to pronounce a blessing over you. Pastor Chelsea, I'm going to give you this stuff. All right, Father, I thank you for your grace and for your goodness. And Father, I pray that this word, Father, would go deep into the hearts of those that hear it. That, Father, we would have truth, Father, bound around us, bound upon our hearts, bound upon our souls and our minds. And that we would not let go of truth but that we would be equipped to stand in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, and in all the places that you would bring us for influence. And we ask that you would give us the boldness to speak for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.